0: This is Robert Murtlatchi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology, e-magazine. And welcome to this week in Canadian EdTech Mindshare TV podcast. We have a very special guest and Tom D'Amico, who is the Director of Education for the Ottawa Catholic School Board. Recent recipients of the K-12 School District of the Year Award uh, presented at the Canadian EdTech Summit in partnership with McGill University this past week. Tom D'Amico, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hi, Robert. I hope you're well. It's uh, great to join you and all the great work you're doing at Mindshare Learning.
0: Thank you for that. And, uh, and we're very grateful of you being part of the C21, uh, CEO Academy community, uh, of leaders from across the country. Clearly, uh, your, uh, your district and the work, the great work that you do as a team uh, has, uh, emerged at the top of the list this year with all your terrific work around deep learning and fusing Michael Fullen. Uh, you have some, <clears throat> it is cyber safety month. If I'm not mistaken, you have an initiative there and, um, wow. Well, congratulations. How does that make you feel?
1: Well, it makes me proud of the work that our team is doing. We know there's still work ahead, but it's uh, great to recognize uh, the hard work of our staff and our students. And certainly we want to be an innovative board. So uh, the recognition helps validate some of the work that we're doing and we'll continue that journey.
0: Well, speaking of the journey, uh, you embarked on the deep learning journey with uh, Michael Fullan Fullen and his program a number of years ago. Perhaps you can uh, share what inspired that.
1: Yeah, it was back in 2014 and it was the, the director at the time, Julian Hanlon and the associate director, Denise Andre. Uh, they connected with uh, Michael Fullen, who was starting an initiative that was called Deep Learning. We didn't know what that was about at the time. Uh, they were trying to get a thousand schools and they had five countries involved and it really was inspired by the work of uh, Dr. Michael Fullen and his colleagues that mm-hmm. were looking at the challenges of students right around the world that weren't engaged in school. And they felt there was a need for education reform. And I'm pleased to say that, uh, you know, eight years later, there's now 3000 schools across 18 countries involved in deep learning. And Ottawa Catholic has been there since the start. We, we began with seven, seven schools and uh, we Amazing. now have deep learning in 85 schools.
0: Talk to me about the impact that it's made over that time.
1: Well, early on, the impact was we really lacked coherence. Uh, We were a board that had lots of great initiatives going on. We were looking at increased use of technology. We had people using social media. We had just finished installing Wi-Fi in all of our schools back between 2011 and 13. We were getting into maker spaces, robotics, BYOD, iPads, Chromebooks, all the things that you could think a district would need. But we didn't have a collective language and Mm. we didn't have a framework. (laughs) So that deep learning framework really allowed us to focus on the elements of uh, starting with leveraging technology, looking at our pedagogical practices, our learning environments, our learning partnerships, and and that's made a huge difference. So there's now a common language and we're not using tech for the sake of tech. We're using technology to do things that we couldn't do in the past without it.
0: Fascinating. And uh, we we recently had... uh... At the summit last week on the fireside chat, Jeff Edwards, your superintendent of technology, who really uh, was quite inspiring and provides a, a glimpse of uh, on the tech side of the equation of what what uh, what's been happening at your district, uh, particularly around uh, you know uh, the pandemic and post pandemic outcomes. And that's a great segue to my next question around how did you innovate during you know one of the most opportunistic times. In a crisis, um, it, it, you know, as I remind folks, when we're talking about that period of learning, it, it was crisis learning and, uh, you know, in many cases, building the plane as you're flying it. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what, give us a glimpse of what that looked like for Ottawa Catholic. How did you manage that challenge and, and come out of it?
1: Yeah, I don't want to diminish how hard it was on staff because it was extremely difficult the last two years on staff, on families, on students, Uh, but at the same time, there's a saying, don't let a good crisis go to waste, and we certainly Mm -hmm. took advantage of that. Uh, I would say starting with not having a virtual school, we had three weeks to build three virtual schools and for more than 45,000 students, uh, we created uh, an elementary school in three weeks for 7,000 students. Uh secondary virtual school for 4,000 students, uh, including seven and eight. So uh, that was a huge challenge. So 11,000 students starting off and needing the infrastructure and needing all the resources, the training, uh, that has certainly changed from year one to last year, we had 2,300 students in our virtual school. And this year we're at 884. So <laughs> we're down to about 2%. And I think that's the right model, Robert, that if we treat virtual, True virtual schools, almost like an alternate type program. It's not meant to be a, somewhere you go because of COVID. It's meant to be a, a learning platform that works best for a certain segment mm-hmm. of our school population. And mm-hmm. uh, we adjusted using Google Meet uh, for our, our video system. We um, certainly made sure that our deep learning model and our digital ecosystem would set us up for success. We use Hapara as our learning management system, similar to Google Classroom, right. but a little sure. bit different. Uh, and we taught all the staff and the students how to use the tools effectively. And we're, we're really proud of what took place and the learning partnerships that have come out of that.
0: Talk to me about um, the teaching practices that emerged. You know, there was a lot of, you referenced a number of tools and the online piece uh, that was introduced. What, you know, in terms of sustaining and Coming out of it, you know, Dr. Steve Jordans, professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, who I've interviewed on a number of occasions, uh, who has a net tech company, is passionate about learning and innovation, talked about the threat of the great snapback. How has that played into uh, the start of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, both of those... Both of those were challenges for sure. And I I think when you talk about the pedagogy that was involved, it really had to start with, let's get away from the tools and let's focus on the challenges of of prioritizing mental health and well-being, And how do we use the tools to do that? So when we looked at that virtual environment in the start of the pandemic, uh, we had to make sure that our staff were using tools for wellness checks. They were having a starting point for all of their classes checking in on the students, that's after we dealt with the logistics of needing Wi-Fi and needing devices and needing the platforms, but then how to use the platform properly. So when they were beginning to use breakout rooms and they were finding students that, whether they wanted their camera on or off, all of those were real logistical challenges that needed to be addressed. But when we got down to getting past those challenges, it was the teaching pedagogy how do you design a proper synchronous learning activity for different levels of, of usage of students different technical abilities and the new challenge that our staff had never have had never had experience in the past a parent over the shoulders uh, some parents there, mm. in the entire class and we had to treat them as learning partners and not treat them as evaluators and that took uh, some changes in practice uh, i i would say some of those that we've now brought Post-pandemic, or we're, we're still in the pandemic, but we're we're looking at is that whole area of mental health and well-being not being a separate component, but being built into everything that we do in every class.
0: Fascinating. Talk to me about um, preparing for the next crisis. You know, one of the outcomes of our EdTech Summit in Montreal was creating through crowdsourcing. Of all the delegates and participants at uh, uh, tech uh, crisis preparedness handbook, playbook.
1: Right. And, and certainly the playbook that uh, you put together focuses on relationships and those connections. And I think that's where we've benefited. A bit from the, the last experience, a lot of those connections are now in place. The networks are much larger. People have built capacity. They, they have a, more people they can reach out to, whether that's within the, our own school board, across districts in Ontario, uh, or to other boards right across Canada. So those relationships are, are, are so critical. And we see that through C21, where you'll hear a great practice, right? And reach out to that the director or IT or LT person, and you can bring that to your district so a lot of sharing will really make the next crisis that we'll have to face uh, much easier the skill sets that have been developed uh, will make it a little bit easier and keeping at the, the forefront that well-being and mental health of everyone uh, i think mm-hmm. what we've seen that we will bring into the next situation is academics are no longer the only priority uh, it needs to be a, a moral a, a moral imperative of both well-being and academics
0: well uh being uh... Hockey aficionados, and some people may not know you're an actual NHL official wearing another hat on your not during your day job, your evening work. Uh, And me being a disgruntled uh, Leaf fan and hockey player, uh, I'm hopeful that some of your positivity will will wear off on us uh, in Toronto.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm neutral, Robert. I cheer for all teams the same way. Yes,
0: absolutely.
1: we We see some good hockey.
0: Oh, I, I love that. And I hope to be in Ottawa yeah. to catch uh, the Leafs uh, playing uh, Ottawa one day and actually beating them. So with that, I'm grateful of your time. Congratulations on uh, being named the school district of the year across Canada, very worthy uh, selection. And uh, how are you gonna share this and uh, celebrate with uh, the rest of the team and a very large team? How big is your staff
1: in total? Uh, we have close to 5,000 employees, uh, 47, right. serving 47,000 students. So uh, certainly all of the staff uh, across our system, we will let them know uh, some details of, of the acknowledgement that they've all received. And we'll just continue to to bring them hope to to move forward as we, we move along in this stage of the pandemic and knowing that their work was recognized and they'll build on that to to meet all the needs of all the students right across our system.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today for your inspiring uh, conversation, Tom D'Amico.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Robert.
0: That was Tom D'Amico, Director of Education of the Ottawa Catholic District School Board, K-12 School District of the Year, named this uh, year in 2022. Uh, And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep.